You're listening to The Full Broadside. Welcome, everybody, to a new podcast called Full Broadside, or The Full Broadside, as we've got it listed. Uh, We have a handful of guys that are players from all over the world. Uh, Predominantly us, though, however, we're in North America. And uh, we want to talk every day, or at least weekly, about World of Warships and bring some much-needed conversation about the game there used to be a lot of podcasts out there not so many anymore and we're hoping to fix that so first i want to introduce out of texas i've got kj say hi kj hello how are you guys doing i'm doing well and and uh hopefully everybody else out there is too uh our number two man is mando and he's out of oregon say hello mando hey everybody uh this is the way I don't know. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> yes, if you didn't know, Mando is short for Mandalorian. He he is R1 Mandalorian. So, uh, Also, we have Mr. Sock out of British Columbia, Canada. So we have all of North America covered and the great friendly country to our north, Canada. Say hello, Mr. Sock. Hello. All right. As as we get started and and have a good time with this, it's uh, it, we're going to try to find our, our formats as we go. However, we're going to play with things as as we uh, as we progress and maybe change some things up. But uh, we we've got some things we want to talk with you about this week. So uh, I'm going to send you all over to Mr. Sock, and he's going to talk about some of the subs. Uh, game modes and some of the stuff that's going on with all the submarines new to the game so take it away mr sock okay thank you so submarines have been an interesting topic in this game as of late um they've been in testing for gosh it seems like it must have been close to a year now i remember first hearing about it eight ten months ago when it was first when they were first talking about introducing them. And it's gone through a couple of iterations, but that's not really what I'm here to talk about. My main thing that I'm here to talk about for that is my some of my issues I have with their playability and some of the concerns that I might have for them being added into the full game. Um, the main issue that I have with submarines right now is their interaction with surface ships, particularly with battleships. The biggest thing that I that I find is that battleships have really limited options in terms of counterplay. As a result of this, subs can attack a lone battleship with relative impunity. Now that's just one issue, and it's not all doom and gloom. There are some really excellent things that Wargaming has done here with their submarines, and I will touch on that, but before I get into that, what are your guys' opinions on the submarines? How have you been thinking of them? Have you guys had much chance to play them? 
had much chance to play against them either in any of the beta tests or in the their special game mode thing that they have going on right now? Uh, yeah, actually, I was involved with um, the closed beta one, two, three. I guess I was one of the you know the lucky numbers that got the uh, the invite. So <laughs> I was kind of involved in the process all the way through till you know public test, and then finally on the release. Um, I, I, you know, my my jury's a little mixed in on it. I'd I'd like to see a few restrictions put in on it, but um, you know, uh, one point I'll bring out there is is a question I'll ask anybody is, is submarines. Is this going to be the death of the battleship in the game? I don't know. The way it is, um, I really don't think so. I'm I I will fully disclose I am I still consider myself a battleship main although I've been playing a lot more cruisers in the last year. And a good battleship player should never find themselves in a position where a submarine can get to them if that makes sense. They're really not that different from destroyers and if it subs are and if any of these I've come up with some ideas for things that Wargaming could implement that I think, in my opinion, would make submarines better. But to answer your question, no, I don't think it'll be the death of battleships. I don't I don't either, honestly. I think it's going to be growing pains as they go. They may have to make adjustments as they go. I think, honestly, subs themselves are very, very fragile. They can, if they manage to get to a, a BB way out there and the BB is kind of running forward and, and doing dumb things and not playing defensively in long distance, uh, I think he's easy prey. But I think that changes a little bit the meta and, and I think a, a carrier, maybe escort, and the, the two can work together and I think that will also benefit... Uh, the cruiser, or not the carrier, I said cruiser and battleship should should work together. Jeez, I'm already screwing it up. Um, but yeah, if, if you got a cruiser and a battleship working together, I mean, that will also help prevent uh, aerial assaults for both ships. And maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe you got to work together a little bit more. So maybe it benefits uh, uh, divisions a little more out the gate. Yeah, that's possible. Um, one... <laughs> problem with forcing division play though is not everybody has people to play with but anyway so there are five things that i've come up with that i think will make subs better more playable and they'll just make them more fun to play against the first thing and i think this is the biggest thing this is kind of the overarching i don't want to say policy that's not the right word i can't think of the right word right now but um they need to force subs to spend more time on the surface. They shouldn't be able to be underwater indefinitely. So for anybody who may not understand or, or may not know, a submarine is untouchable if it is below six meters underwater. It is untouchable to anything other than depth charges and torpedoes fired by other submarines. Um, I don't think they can be hit by deep water torpedoes uh, fired from ships like the the Asashio or the Pan Panasian Panasian destroyer line, um, but that's I, I digress. Um, they need to force subs to spend more time on the surface. I one hundred percent agree with you on that. And in, I've gone over and I've come up with a couple of ways into which they can do that. 
I, I gotta ask real, um, real quick. Do you guys drive subs, or do you guys are have you been predominantly driving the DDs that are trying to kill the subs? Because I'm kind of seeing it. <laughs> excuse me. Almost as if you're going towards that. Like let's let's minimize them a little bit. Myself, this is the only probably the only place I'm going to disagree. I like the subs and i think they should right now they're so fragile if they have to spend any more time above the surface they're toast quick they're, <laughs> if you're going to do that you got to add a little bit more um armor or something or add rubber so you can bounce some stuff off of it you know i mean God, i mean there was a german ship uh, that had rubber wrapped around it to, to evade sonar and stuff so maybe but and I'll go into that yeah. in a little bit. I have come up with some ways in to get to give uh, to give subs a reason to be on the surface. Now we'll we'll make them out of pure one hundred percent stellinium, and they will be <laughs> strong ship. Yeah, nice. <laughs> exactly. Now, in the way to force more force subs to spend more time on the surface, that means. They need to limit the amount of time they can be underwater. So that, in my opinion, that means no underwater battery regeneration, period. Now, I think a really good way to go about this would be to keep everything exactly the same, except when you're stopped or at quarter throttle, you don't regain battery. You just, um, it, it's moot. You can, you can stay underwater forever as long as you don't sonar ping, shoot, or move faster than a quarter in speed. Okay, and I was going to say maybe that's why my, my, exactly. see, my battery doesn't seem to recharge very fast, but I'm constantly sonar pinging the living hell out of the water trying, yeah. to, trying to hit those little tiny all, targets, you know. It'll recharge almost instantly when you're on the surface, and you know, 10, 20 seconds, and you're ready to go again. I'm, I hold a bit of a different place than you guys do as well because I play carriers quite often, and I decided to rebuy the Ranger um, for the purpose of trying out anti-sub on it because we, with the Ryujo with armor piercing bombs you're not really going to do much to subs anyway unless you hit them but again I digress um, and what I was really finding was the second I spotted the submarine he'd dive if they were on the surface and that and then you can sit there and you can keep him spotted while he's underwater but you can't do anything to him you can't protect your teammates all you can do is force him to stay underwater which they're already going to do anyway. There's no incentive for them to to come up on the surface and be vulnerable. So, well, well they come to the surface to taunt. That's what they exactly, do. They exactly. They throw their cool at you and then they <laughs> submerge and float exactly. away where they're undetectable. <laughs> well, I will I'm, say on the surface, it is a lot easier to shoot and aim torps uh, than it is underwater. Because, I mean, I found myself going, all right, where the hell am I headed? Where am I pointing even, for God's sake? I couldn't find where the hell I was. And then by the time I figured it out, the ships were long gone. I didn't have a hope in hell of hitting anything. Oh, so Okay, so so during, let me jump in here because during my playtest, I have found that you can take your sub and you can kind of submerge it down to like, I don't know, like three or four meters. There's a little happy zone where you get in and just your conning tower sticking up above the water. So you were undetectable by surface ships, but you still get that surface, um, uh, what do you call it, that 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 range finding where you're able to, you know, aim your torpedoes a lot better. And there's, they need to fix that. It, uh, that that's actually not a thing. Periscope depth doesn't really exist. Um, six meters and above, you the game th says you're surfaced. You can it, it's essentially you're surfaced, if for the lack of a better term. And below six meters, you're underwater. 
So, um, I've played it in cyber. I don't want to say refuting your point because that's not the right word again. But hey, go ahead, refute adding to it, your man. point. <laughs> go ahead, no, let's have some fun not. with it. Shots um, fired. Shots fired. <laughs> when you're fully underwater, you get over the. I've played about 25, 30 games in subs now. And you get over the disorientation of being underwater really quickly. Um, I find that I actually there's no benefit to me being on the surface when I'm in a sub. But going back to my carrier experience for a moment, if they, you know, I've heard one, I believe it was Flamu called it, uh, oh, what the heck did he call it? When the sub is going, just going up and down, you know, kind of as you guys kinda were bobbing. saying, taunting. Um, I think he called it like cork bobbing or something. Um, so one thing they, that I think they should do to stop that is delay the dive action. So make it so that when you command the ship to dive, it takes a couple of seconds before it starts dobbing. Before it starts di diving, sorry. Um, oh, I, I would have oh, to agree on that. On that because here's Only the thing. if it makes that really cool auga sound. <laughs> you know, <before> <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that that it does dive fairly fast when you're using your F and C keys. It does move up and down really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. I would like to see them slow that down as well. And, and here's why. Because the little button that automatically surface or, or, or sinks you to, a, to the maximum depth, I've never pushed that button. I've never needed to. And that might be a good reason to to do that, you know. I mean, it's one of your consumables, but if I gotta get down underwater quick and and right now, that's a good button. But I don't have to use it. I just hit the C key and down I go, and I'm fine. Yeah, that's not actually what that consumable does. That consumable unlocks an extra thirty meters of depth. Yeah, it's not like in an emergency. Fifty. Oh. Yes, uh, it lets you go down to eighty meters. What? For? Yeah, it just extends your. So I'll go into that now. Okay, so, good. Because I'm thinking I'm already at the bottom. I can unless I got a guy out there with a shovel. I can't really go any deeper so, here. The way it works right now: zero to six meters, you are surfaced and you are essentially a DD. Six to fifty, six to thirty meters, I believe, somewhere around there, is your what's called detectable range. And from there, you can proxy spot ships. You can be proxy spotted and you will gain intel from other ships. 30 to 50 meters, you get proxy spotting only, and I believe 50 to 80, um, you're, you can't be seen at all other than, again, other than proxy spotting. And I think Hydra doesn't affect you down there, but I could be wrong about that. Is there a chart I, to be found somewhere that, that shows Oh, I'm sure you could find one. I will admit good, I haven't yeah. done, I will admit I haven't done much research on this. So going back to delaying the dive action, uh, doing that, the it'll add an element of risk to being spotted. It, it there needs to be more. Con I think the gist of what I'm getting at here is there needs to be more consequences for mistakes with submarines. If you get spotted in a submarine, you deserve to be sunk. It's just like I'll, in a cruiser. I'll, I'll if you broadside in a cruiser, <laughs> if you're in a cruiser and you broadside to a battleship at close range, you deserve to be sunk. If you get spotted in a submarine and you're four kilometers from a battleship who has guns pointing at you, you're, you deserve to be sunk. You shouldn't be able to dive immediately. I, I, I'm sensing It'll add an little, element of risk. Sensing a little bit of sub hate out of both you guys. What's up? KJ, you got to back me up here, man. I, 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 subs are great. Come on. Well, unfortunately, I haven't played a lot with the subs. Uh, I've played against them in there, but I hadn't played actually played them much. And uh, 
my problem the problem about playing against them is like i said i play a lot of dds and i get spotted and i have no idea where i'm getting spotted from yeah and i, I will mean, i know i'm right now i'm seeming kind of like a sub hater but i will get into the pro sub stuff later i've got yay. quite a bit more work on this <laughs> i was wondering if you had anything or if this was yeah. a laundry list of why you hate subs <laughs> so my next point is battleships need to have some kind of anti-submarine warfare capability perhaps yeah, a perhaps an asw aircraft perhaps an asw aircraft consumable which will drop charges over an enemy sub Oh, you know, that you could be fun. That could there. work. Um, yeah, because I was thinking perhaps thing, even, think? maybe even anti-submarine guns or something like that. Again, anti-submarine missiles dropping right on top of them. That's what they need. So, and then now, <laughs> wow. and then from the other perspective, from the sub's perspective, okay, you want me to spend more time on the surface? Give me a reason to spend more time on the surface. My question is, why the hell can't we use the sub's deck gun? I think it would be a fantastic submarine to submarine weapon because right now submarine versus submarine what are you going to do ram each other shoot torpedoes at each other that's yeah. already really hard to do no this kid. will give submarines something to do on the surface they'll be able, okay. to be able to shoot at each other they'll be able to shoot at destroyers the even one gun would be able to be enough to stop a well, destroyer from getting too close and, and i've noticed i've noticed that all these subs that you know uh, the the three that i've got in the port right now that you know the Reynolds. I'm still seeing at least two of them have a gun on the deck. One of them is is really good size, and I don't yeah. know how the hell to use it. So so there's got to be well, something can't. there. You can't. Deck, deck guns on one condition. If the art department will put a, a, a little Hans up there with this flak jacket and helmet on, manning the deck gun, and Hans and I, you know, running, ramming the shells. That's the only only condition I would have to be using the deck guns. I want that animation on there. Well, then, yeah. And then you could make it like World of Tanks and that you could have an entire crew for your ship rather just the captain, you know? Yeah, and I've got one more point about submarines here. Okay. Uh, subs need to have some kind of anti-aircraft capability. Now, going back to my play against subs and carriers, I can loiter around them forever. I can keep them spotted forever. Even something like a Shimakaze, if I'm in my midway, he's got pretty weak AA, but it's enough that I can't sit over him forever because I'll start losing planes. Don't True. these subs just dive and, and break contact? Yes, but then going back to my point of if they're not able to stay underwater forever you're going to have to surface at some point and you may as and you're going to have to have some kind of defense against an airplane hmm. i almost wonder if if they're building a more team unified approach where i need to depend on my dds i need to depend on my cruisers my battleships uh, if i'm going to survive and they need to depend on me you know so i don't know that's just a thought i got well, it's a good idea for a team play, but this is primarily a solo play game that you're throwing at a bunch of team players. Exactly. Well, so then yeah, people look at clans, right? Clans or 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 divisions. Yeah, you could do something like that. But when it's a you know a bunch of individuals out for themselves, that's well, pick any game that you've played. <laughs> yeah, the TLDR here for me is subs aren't going to break the game. But they need some more tweaks to be fun and um, to be a little more competitive. And not competitive in the sense of being good, but competitive in, in the sense of being able to contribute to the team 
and being able to be part of the game and not like what carriers used to be with the old RTS system where you they were just playing their own mini game subs feel a little like that right now yeah maybe but i i think that maybe it's just because we're getting such a small sample of them right now i mean we've only got tier sixes perhaps they get better and stronger as they they go up in the uh the tech tree uh, I don't know if you guys that have played them on the uh, the beta test, uh, did you have access to an entire tree where you can uh, play around as you went up and, and experience different levels? No, it, it was the same. Um, you know, you got your token U.S. Navy, token U-boat. Um, I don't even yeah. think there was uh, the, the, uh, the no, Russian. The, the Soviet um, one is new. Yeah, there was just the U-boat and, and, and the U.S. Navy one. That's what we had during the beta. Huh, okay. Well, that seems a little lackluster. I'm glad I didn't bother with trying to get into the beta then. Uh, the whole reason they're doing that is they want to limit the sample size as much as possible so that they don't have the confusion within themselves of um, having tons and tons and tons of ships to balance. They want to make sure they get it right now and then balance it from there. Well, I suppose there and is I, something. Go ahead, Nando. I was going to say, I'm in, I'm in total agreement with that. Um, you know, as much as I am anti-sub, let's do it. You know, war games need to do it, take their time, and and get it right. You know, don't just rush it out like the like the you know the the, the dreaded CV rework. Right, I, I can agree with that, and and I can see a benefit to only having the one sub out there. They keep tweaking and tweaking and doing everything they can to get that one right, and once they have a template. Then all they have to do is if we want to create a Russian sub, we just got to make these tweaks because it's going to act like this. The the German's going to act like this and so on and so forth. Yeah, but then yeah, what national flair are they going to add to it? Exactly. And once they get the basic balance down, that'll be a lot easier for them to do. Once they've figured out how is a battleship going to attack a submarine, then they can figure out uh, how far is this sub's hydro going to go as opposed to that one who's going to get a heal, who's not. They need to figure out... I think they need to spend a little more time on the basics first. And I don't think the basics are quite there. But I think the way that they're going about testing it with really limiting the sample size is a really good way to do it. I think they're doing a lot of things right there. And I don't think this has anything to do with them necessarily doing anything wrong. It's early days for submarines yet. I just think they haven't had a chance to do it enough stuff right yet. So I think this will be a really interesting point to come back to in six months when submarines are a little more mature. When uh, Do we know when uh, subs are going to launch? Are they dropping next patch? Or, or is this just we have a, a little taste of them now and they're going to go away for a while and then eventually they'll come back? I think back. that's what it's going to be. I okay. think that's what it's going to be. I think we'll probably have them. They'll take them away. And if they feel that they're fine, they'll put them in the game. If they don't, they'll take them away. And we'll probably... My suspicion is that where they're going to take them away and then we're going to have something similar to this probably two or three more times if they really want to do their due, due diligence. They've expressed interest in not repeating another CV rework. If you remember you know, the, the intervening days and weeks immediately after the CV rework happened, how much of a cluster that was and how awful some of that was. And that CVs went from being useless to being ridiculously overpowered in overnight. And then the next day they were back to where they were. And it was just like, ah, what do I do? How do I do this? What What's going to happen? Is this house going to stay? There's been no communication from Wargaming. What's going on? It was 
really rough. And I think they're doing a much better job with subs in that respect. Well, and I, I really hope that continues. I think they're communicating a lot more as well. Um, Absolutely. Every time they make a tweak, they, they seem to make a patch note or, or something, an update, some sort of information, either on Twitter or wherever else they're putting it. Because, you know, I hear guys in, in the clan from time to time say, man, they changed this, something's going on because these, these, these aircraft are impossible to take out. They destroy me so quick, whatnot. And I haven't heard anything changed in the last couple of days. It's just sometimes it's your turn to, to die really quick. It's just the way it works. I, you know, as much as I dread, um, I, I actually look forward to the subs coming into the game. I, th I think it adds, and I, and I know Cyber, you and I have talked before. Um, right now, the game's two-dimensional. You, you got your surface and you got your air. And I think by adding the submarines, it's going to add that extra third dimension to the game where it's going to make you put your head more in a swivel than before. So as much negativity and as much as I like to kid around, I am actually, believe it or not, looking forward to the subs coming into the game, but I don't want them in until they're finished and it's a good, complete product. And, and then we don't have to go through all the iterations of different emergency patches because, you know, stuff just comes in broken, you know, mm -hmm. um, just t take your time. Let's get it implemented. And and speaking of cyber, you'd mentioned if, if something's coming, you know, I, I've had my ear to the ground and, and I've, I've been I've been deep diving like I, I've been like mine. I got my Minecraft helmet. I've been deep diving into the, uh, you know, all the uh, the dev notes and, and, and whatnot. And I'm not seeing anything in the future. I even have my magic eight ball out and it says not not very likely when you shake it up of, of seeing them implemented into the main game anytime soon. Okay, that's kind of what I was curious of, uh, about, and uh, you know, I, I think as a lot of players would 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 argue that CVs aren't a hundred percent accurate or perfect just yet. I should say, and uh, I really like them as I'm playing them, and I have no problems with them most times. But every once in a while, I get that game where they just go right for me, and I'm out in about three minutes. So. That's, yeah, that's I watched, when I whine that it's broken. <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> I, I watched a really interesting video. I think it was, um, or I, it was like a segment in a video. I think it was the Mighty Jingles that did it, and um, they were talking about the the old rock paper scissors meta. You know, battleships kill cruisers, cruisers kill destroyers, and destroyers kill battleships. And then there's aircraft carriers. Okay, and then okay. Well, how do you fight? A, a cruiser well how do you fight a battleship when you're in a cruiser use your angling use clever positioning around islands um not you know not to get spotted and shoot over islands and don't broadside so you don't get citadeled how do you fight a destroyer or sorry how do you fight a cruiser when you're in a destroyer move quickly stay no know your enemy no radar ranges no detection ranges know who has hydro and who doesn't all that kind of stuff and how do you fight a battleship in a in a destroyer, well, you know where your torpedoes go, how far they go, all that kind of stuff. Wait till his guns aren't pointing the other way. How do you fight a destroyer when you're in a battleship? Stay the hell away from him. <laughs> and know where they are. Use intelligence. Use your cruisers as a screen. How do you fight carriers when you're in anything? Just dodge. And, and of course, I have to throw out there that the only nation... Uh, their subs the, the only nation that has a heel on their sub is the Russian <laughs> Navy so no bias there working as intended well that might have just been 
to be like, hey, let's see what happens if we give a sub a heal. I think that's still really early days for submarines. Oh, I yeah, think, I totally I don't agree. think we should take I, any of it the, as gospel yet. I just had to throw that last um, right hook back in there, you know, for Team Merka. Well, I, I'm not a, a big one to say Russian bias, although I do see it from time to time. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Russian ships, but if any of the subs... It's coming. Right. It, it is, it is. Favorite ship is the Russian cruiser. Go yeah, ahead. Well, yeah, Russian cruiser. I like the battleships a lot, too. And I just, just tonight, I spent a lot of time in the Russian DDs playing and, and working on those a little bit, too. So, learning them all. But if I was going to say that any sub, if any sub of any nation should have a heel, I would give it to the Germans. Because, to me over the over the world wars that if we want to keep to historical accuracy i believe the german u-boats were by far the most scary things to have around in the water i don't think the united states russia any other country came close to the fear that the german u-boats brought yeah, well, yeah they, I, they also did away with historic historical accuracy years ago uh, that that ship no pun intended kind of sailed <laughs> i Sorry, that just made me funny. But um, the uh, I agree with you. I was really looking forward to the you know the n- nostalgic, um, the feared U boat, you know, and getting together. Nostalgic. With How old are you? And 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 uh, I'm I'm old, but um, <laughs> it, 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 but what I'm saying is 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 I was looking forward to the. Um, you know, to getting together with with the feared U boat and, and U boat division. Hey guys, let's let's U boat division with some you know German Navy U boats and and but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of disappointed. But then again, there's still a work in progress. So yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think there's there's a long ways to go yet, and uh, who knows? We may not have more than or they may not allow more than more than one per division at some point down the road. I mean, right now there there's a three maximum of. Uh, three people in division maximum and only one can be a cv you know you can't have two cvs so i mean how far are are we before they limit how many subs you can have in a division or in clan battles someday that'll happen i'm sure but probably a year or two from now i would imagine anyway um i've basically covered all my notes i got a couple of other little things like uh um going way back to forcing them to spend more time on the surface well when you are submerged if we want to talk about realism well if you're below periscope depth you shouldn't be able to see anything i think if you're below six meters you shouldn't be able to see anything that's not proxy spotted not even your teammates see i can totally go for that because it's going to force you like what we were talking about earlier with having to come to the surface yeah where to you see what's would going on the surface to, to get your bearings um, pick your targets out and then and then you know dive back down I mean but but the way they have it they've got this you know passive sonar ping going out and you're you know picking up targets but I I would like to see that limited a lot and and that's I think it's going to tie in with what you know we were discussing earlier about having to force that sub to at least temporarily come to the to the surface that, yeah that, that brings me and, a question I, I gotta ask are you guys even playing subs because when I've been playing them, and I drop below six meters, I can't see anything. I can hardly even see the structures in the water that I'm going by. I mean, maybe I'm playing well, this completely wrong, and maybe my eyes are when closed below, here. But... When you're below six meters, you can't spot for yourself. It's Think of it like you're in smoke. You can't spot for yourself, but you can still see what your team is spotting for you. Right. 
so but i i would like to see that you know where you have to come to a periscope depth to be able to spot and yeah. use, use the map and use your last known positions um and, and make it challenging don't just make it you know point and click with you know heat ship sinking homing missiles coming at them yeah. you know i also it's, think it's you need easy. there should be a dedicated periscope depth button that brings you to like 6.1 meters or something but where you can have your periscope up you can spot for yourself you can receive spotting information because you'd have like radio antenna up but you can still be you can be spotted visually through your periscope from, from maybe like half of your regular detection so like 2.1 2.2 just a little further than than uh, proxy spotting and you can still be hit by shells and bombs but you're just they less had, detected they had that in the beta, i know they did they in had the beginning that. i don't know why they got rid of it I asked the same question because it was like really cool. You know, you had, you know, your little button, you could set your depth and you go to the periscope uh, depth and, and then they got rid of it. And it, to me, that was a great feature to have. Yeah, My guess as to why is they thought it was too complicated. But again, I've not researched that too much. They might have thought it was too complicated. Well, who knows if it'll come back or not. I mean, it's just one of those things that they're trying and whatnot. Uh, you can hit them. I, I did play a couple of games where... Uh, I uh, I was in a cruiser or or DD and I was able to spot a couple of subs that somebody else had had located and I was too far out to get anywhere close with depth charges and uh, I just started spamming HE and AP at it and and I hit it a couple of times but I'll tell you it's really near impossible to hit because you can't hardly get a good fix on it. Yeah, that's another thing. Depth charges. I was going to mention the problem with depth charges when a sub is below the water. You have to get right on top of him, and a good sub player is going to be sticking far enough back that that's going to be suicide for a ship to get that close. So essentially, again, functionally immune to stuff. Well, I found as I'm a, as I'm a submarine player underneath the water, and I start seeing the, the, the water up above me start to shake and, and rumble and have little explosions and waves and whatnot come out of it, I find that it's near impossible when it when a, ch a ship is is charging through that area. I can't get a fix on them. I can't turn for nothing. So I can't really. I have to really go down deep and then hope that he goes right over me so I can launch from the tail and hopefully hit him then. But then I'm throwing pings too and I'm getting located there as well. And the more depth charges keep coming and it seems like no matter what depth I'm at, I get pounded. Yeah. They should also make it so that if you go deep enough, you you won't get hit by depth charges. Yeah, I would think. I mean, if you're down 50 meters or you know, if you can even get down to 80, maybe that's the secret. Maybe you hit that little T key and dive all the way to, to, to 80 to get out of the zone. I don't know. I've never tried I believe it, it does. I've, I've never, even in all the games I've played, I play subs really carefully. I should probably play some games where I play a little more aggressively. But anyway, again, I digress. Um, I, th I believe that's what it does, but I've never found myself in a situation where I've needed to go that deep. I usually, I spend most of my time at or near the surface. So right, I try well. to you know, be a hunter killer kind of thing and um, be as influential to the team as I possibly can. And not just kind of, you know, tootle around at quarter speed at max depth, torpedoing stuff from long range. That's kind of boring. Yeah, and I'm well, and you run out of battery juice that. fairly quick doing that. You got to come up for air. Well, that's the thing. No, you don't. If you're going quarter speed or less, you will regain battery, even if you're underwater. That's one of the things I want them to get rid of. 
Now, right. see, I didn't even notice that. I guess I'm always hard charging as fast I can through the area, so I guess I'm a little yeah. bit more of an aggressive player. That's probably part of the reason I, I've, I've died so many times, but I have had some good success at times, too. It's it's hard to hit those little tiny targets on the ship, though, and then keep pinging them so your, uh, yeah. your torpedoes you get better at it. go. Yeah. You get better at it. I'm pretty, I have like a 70-80% hit rate with those now. You get a lot yeah. better at it. And you start to learn when to use wide ping and when to use narrow ping, and, and any. But anyway, that I think that a lot of that is beyond the scope of this this uh, recording. Yeah, for now, anyway, until we get some more data and uh, you know they get a little bit closer and we get a little more play time and experience in them, then maybe we can speak a little bit more towards that. Yeah, but anyway, um, I think very quickly we're going to start reiterating ourselves and kind of come full circle back to the beginning of this. So shall we move on to our next topic? You know what, before that, why don't we take a quick pause, stretch, use the biff, whatever we got to do, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back from the break, everybody. And at this point, we're going to send uh, Mando up to the hot seat, and he's going to cover some patch notes and updates, what we're going to see in the future and probably some of the things we all would like to see in the future added to the game or maybe removed from Friesland. Uh, anyway, go ahead there, Fando. <laughs> I had to get that one in there. I hate that shit, man. Absolutely. Why? No, yeah, so uh, like I mentioned before, I've been, I've been, I put my miner's hat on, do my, my data mining, and uh, um, lots of um, stuff upcoming in the future. Uh, you got some new ships coming down the line. Um, I got two words for you guys, okay? I'm going to throw these two words out there, and um, we'll go around the table. Cruise missiles. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> if we do that, we're going to have to put giant buildings on shore that we get points for taking out, too. <laughs> no, I'm I'm totally I'm totally kidding. Um, you sometimes when I start a match, I'll throw up in the chat. You know, next next patch cruise missiles and just kind of troll a response. But um, patch ten point six nukes <laughs> nuclear subs. <laughs> um, on a serious note, um, nine point six is coming up uh, around the corner. If you guys haven't noticed, um, there's been a lot of Kriegsmarine love coming around from uh, war games. Um, like the German DD has got uh, an HE shell buff. I don't, I don't know if you guys, um, uh, yes, I did hear about, about this. I haven't looked into the details much, but I did hear about this. I've, yeah. well, I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder a little bit here, but I heard that no, no, no. at least at the high tiers, they're going to be able to pen 32 millimeters of armor with HE. Yes, nice. that's that's the big one. Uh, so for the ones that, you know, when they did the IFHE work, you know, rework, um, that's going to be kind of incentive to, uh, you know, maybe look at your captains again, because you'll be, you'll have, and it's, and it's German HE on top of that. So it's got that, that one and quarter pen versus the, the what is the one and six or whatever. So it's, you know, a, a lot of Kriegsmarine love coming down the line, which I'm all for, because I, I just personally think that the entire nation tree has been, power crept severely well, it's one of the oldest tech trees in the game it was the only the third one added after the because the u.s and japan were the the first to the, the, the and then the the kriegsmarine got added mm, not long after oh. beta that's going to give me a reason to go and buy another dang uh, uh, German sub or uh, destroyer and start getting into those again. I, I just sold all of them because I, they're all gunboats. I can't do nothing with them. I can't stealth torp. I get smoked so quick. I got rid of them all. Now I'm going to have to go get them back. Now, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and that's poor. coming up in... 
in uh, patch 9.5 and check this out like the like the z what is it the z39 uh a really underrated sub tier 7 uh, uh premium of course destroyer. it's got the premium destroyer. Yeah, yeah i did it too so we're still on the sub thing <laughs> blame sock for oh, that it's I all his it? fault i'm sorry i'm I meant destroyer. Oh my it's, goodness! It's okay. Um, I said the same thing. We're we're all good. We're we're human. We're gonna we're gonna f up from time to time. So somewhere out in in the Ukraine, Stalin is rolling in his grave and he's shaking his fist at me. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but getting back to the Z thirty nine, it's got the one fifty millimeter guns, and so that's gonna bump its penetration up from twenty five to thirty eight millimeters and that's without you know captain skills and IFHE. So um you know good good stuff coming on the horizon at least for the the German uh DDs. Um focusing more in on I'm looking at my notes here. Focusing on more in um uh, carriers, our favorite topic on the carriers. And I, I know I made a reference and a joke to cruise missiles uh, a couple minutes ago um i've had a chance to take a look at the new kriegsmarine uh carriers cvs that they're going to be hopefully releasing out in 9.6 and they've got a tier 6 uh tier 8 and the tier 10 but specifically focusing on the tier 10 the manfred von richtofen if i'm not um slaughtering the name if i do i apologize but um Specifically, you know, of course, we all know that the tech trees have got little unique um, uh, little hooks to them to kind of hook you in. The Tier 10 Von Richtofen, the attack aircraft, uh, the ones that our DD drivers just love to have buzzing around their head, it's going to be equipped with a new type of armament, and they're going to be AP rockets. Um, well, I've been kind of crunching the numbers, and... Like the Midway, it's going to be comparative to like the Midway with, with the Tiny Tims or if you have the Lexington with the Tiny Tims. And, and check this out. I'm, I'm not a big numbers guy, but so the, the aircraft are going to be loaded with these new AP rockets, um, 5K alpha damage per rocket with, you know, two rockets coming in to a salvo. And I, I don't do math in public very often. But if let me put it to you in game terms, if if you're able to get, you know, you're flying around your attack aircraft and you, and you find, a, you know, that that Yoshino or that Otago floating around with a nice soft broadside to it, and you're able to make three passes overhead with your AP rockets, it, it's going to have a potential of 90k alpha damage coming out with just one wave of these fighters coming across, and. On top of that, let me throw some more salt into the wound. They're going to be coming at you with a max speed of 210 knots. So I just, yeah, cruise missiles. I just want to throw that out there. Two points to shoot you down a little bit. Um, how many of those are actually going to do all the damage? Because they have to Citadel to do that much damage. Uh, right. The Tiny Tim rockets already do up to 20,000 damage per hit. I've seen them do that against things like against battleships. And thirdly, the Midway's planes already do 230 knots. But okay, so let me counter that and say, do you know? Do you know what the penetration on the Tiny Tims? What, what's the pen on that? I believe it's 88, something like that. So these AP attack planes are coming in at 83 millimeter, um, but the ricochet angle is is kind of what i'm looking at it's it's got like a, a ricochet threshold of like 60 or 70 degrees or something, yeah. something i read that they're going to that those the ap rockets are gonna hit 
very similarly to eight-inch armor-piercing shells. So it's going to be like being shot yeah. at by a cruiser. Yeah, it's, which it's means basically... that which means that you're basically not going to be citadeling battleships with it. You're no. only going to be citadeling heavy cruisers under good circumstances. But at the same time, you're launching from really close, so you're not going to be losing much penetration value. That one's up for debate. Well, at the very and least, second destroyer is just going to overpen. Yeah, I was going to say at the very least. I mean, it's another self-defense thing that you can use as a as a carrier when you got a ship closing in yes. on you to finish you off. You know. And the other thing, fire is a big part of your damage as a carrier player. Yeah. And I've with these German carriers, you got armor-piercing bombs as well. You're not going to be getting any fires with anything. And I don't know about the torpedoes on these things. I, I've I do know a little bit more about them. But well, generally, the flood chance on carrier-launched torpedoes is pathetic. Well, you, you, you talk about the, the no fires on, on the bombs. I mean, the Japanese planes, those bombers have AP bombs, and they can actually cause citadels, uh, and they yes. don't do fires. So, I mean, if you get a good, good percentage rate, I mean, it's all RNG anyway, so... You know, I, I still see that they're, I mean, they'll still have rockets, they'll still have uh, uh, torpedoes and whatnot, I'm sure, but, you know, it's, and at times I found that I only run the rockets to find the DDs, and then when I find a slow BB, I launch my torps, and I don't run the bombers a whole heck of a lot myself. Really? On my midway, my bombers are my primary weapon. Oh, I've never got mm -hmm. up to the midway, so that, that might be part of it. Yeah. I, I have a tendency to, you know, when I talk with other uh, CV players, that they they have a tendency to lean more towards the, the torpedo bomber setup. So it's interesting that you that you bring that up, that you use the bombers as your main, um, you know, at attack strategy. It really depends on what I'm going at, because with torpedo planes, well, if I know the guy's paying attention, generally the bombs are easier to hit, and if I know the guy can't turn, like if he's going between two islands, then I can corner him with torpedoes. The torpedoes will do more damage. Um, but generally, I find that the bombers are easier. It's easier and faster to get into position with them, if that makes sense. Plus, you get an extra run. But so, really, I use them kind of interchangeably. So you're, you're a, a midway driver, correct? Yes, that is correct. I also have, I'm only up to tier 6 on the Japanese line, and I haven't really played with the British much. Let me, let me throw this at you, and, and for, you know, KJ and for Cyber. Um, the the Manfred von, von Richthofen, um, this thing is being built off of a battleship hull. Specifically it's built off the, of the Frederick de Great. Frederick de Great. The Frederick de Grossa hull. And... The stats that I'm looking at that I mined out of the, the data mine, it's going to have a 60 millimeter icebreaker bow on this thing. Um, and secondaries, uh, much like the, the, the Graf uh, Zeppelin, the 7.2 kilometers, um, able to expand out to the, the you know, 10, 11 kilometer mark with, you know, skills and flags and stuff. So yeah. how, how is that compared up to the Midway? Uh, the Midway's uh, secondaries are basically useless. Um, I have I've gotten like one close quarters expert, and that's because somebody popped around and uh, popped around from behind an island with like 500 health. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, if you're get if you're finding yourself in a position in a carrier where your secondaries are going off, something's probably gone horribly wrong. Yeah, like every other random battle you jump into. 
Or if you're just crazy like me and you've had a few shots of stellinium uh, lined vodka, I get on my Graf Zeppelin and like to charge up and take a cap and watch everybody just kind of go crazy and chat. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, I have seen that, and that, that is crazy. You get that kind of old crap factor that what is going on with this thing, and that at some point you're salivating because you're waiting for it to go broadside, but you're seeing it eliminate a lot of ships out there, <laughs> and you're thinking, what is this, a tank or something on, on a raft? What's going on? And, and uh, you know... When we're talking about the uh, the, the the new German uh, Tier Ten carrier, uh, you mentioned that it was built off a of battleship hull. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the Midway also built off the Montana's hull? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so similar then. So I would think both of them have pretty solid uh, armor schemes, at least uh, uh, Citadel wise. Yes. Yeah, Citadel-wise. From what, however, from what I understand, Bando, you can correct me on this if, if I'm if I'm wrong. The with the uh, Richthofen being built off of the FDG, it's going to have not only the icebreaker bow but a turtle-backed Citadel, which is going to make it really difficult to Citadel at close range. So I'm I'm looking at the armor scheme of this thing, and it's got armor belts, you know, pretty standard, 150 millimeter. But when you look at the spread of the armor, it, it's, I mean, it encompasses most of the side. I mean, there's not a lot, very little superstructure to aim at for the DD drivers. And um, the deck armor is going to be at least 50 millimeters. And so how does that, in game terms, how does it translate? It's pretty much going to be immune to plunging AP fire at, at range, kind of like the midway is, where you're just watching the AP shells just, you know, bounce <laughs> off the deck. It's very frustrating when you, you know, when you... But at the same time, at the same time with that, all of the tier 10 carriers are functionally immune to damage at long range. They're Correct. basically immune to plunging fire because of their deck armor. But I do see um, on, you know, a couple of sites that I'm on with, and actually Flamu, now we mentioned, somebody mentioned Flamu, it's got a really good video where he uh, got into the armor layout and it's got a nasty... Uh, turtleback scheme even the tier six uh the 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 lesser um is built off the hipper hole um and and with with a turtleback so that built in with the secondaries i'm actually looking forward to different style of cv gameplay where you're you can actually uh be a, a lot more aggressive and move up a lot more to the to the front lines with this thing not hiding a floating tank at that point in time absolutely uh switching gears one more ship i want to give a shout out because i'm really excited um about this one coming out um and we're going to be looking at it in uh patch 9.7 probably 9.8 is um you get you guys remember um you you know a long time player like myself the kudazoff and at, at the time that thing was just a pain in the butt to because they had the smoke and the torps um the, the kj cyber you guys remember the kudazoff mm -hmm. i do Yes, I remember oh, it as well. It's still, it, still around. It, you just can't buy it anymore. Yeah, I I love the ship. Great AA package, but it was pretty much exclusive to to the. You know, it's one of those. If if you had it, you had it, and and if you didn't have it, you hated to go up against them. So, uh, it looks like we've got a a new cruiser coming down the line. It's going to be in the U.S. Navy. And I'm looking at the details right now of the USS Anchorage, which is going to be a tier eight premium. So think uh, uh, it's going to be a heavy cruiser. Think Baltimore 
with kind of a Wichita maneuverability. But here's the catch, and this is going to be new for your U.S. carrier. I'm sorry, U.S. cruiser drivers like myself. Um, this is going to have a smoke consumable and torpedoes. Interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Which one you want to hear about first, the smoke or the torpedoes? Tell me about the smoke. Is it going to be your uh, standard American smoke? It looks like it's going to be, and of course, this is all work in progress. The numbers that I'm coming up with is it's going to be like an action time of around 30 seconds uh, with about 120, 130 second um, uh, dispersion time. Okay. And the reload time, about a, probably like two, it's like 160 seconds, a little over two minutes. And they're looking at limiting, right now, the charges are set at, at two. Okay. Two more questions. What are what's the tentative stats on the torpedoes, and what's the smoke firing penalty? Great question. I'm bringing it. Let me bring up the smoke fire because the smoke firing penalty is so important, especially with a heavy cruiser. Um, I could answer that. It's eight kilometers. That'd be eight kilometers. Okay. I think that's pretty stand. I think that's the same as all this. So that means it's going to have two o threes then. Yes, I was just going to throw that in there. The, the difference that you're going to see between this, uh, the Anchorage, and the Kutuzov is the Kutuzov is using still using the 152, so it's pretty much uh, you know in the current meta an HE spammer, versus the Anchorage, which is going to be armed with the 203 uh, heavy heavy rounds. Um, torpedo armament is you're looking at a range of 10.5 kilometers. Reload time of about 90 seconds, and their speed is going to be 66 knots. They're looking at it's the Mark 16 Mod 1s. Hmm, okay. Okay, but also, going a little off the rails here, let me pose a question to you guys. How useful is smoke actually in 2020's meta with radar and fast ships and people knowing how to blind fire? I think it's still viable. To, I mean, considering it's, it's tier eight now, if you get locked into a, a, a tier ten battle, yeah, it's. I mean, that's a whole different category. But beans is tier eight. Um, I don't see a lot of people running radar ships. You, you know, in in uh, in in the tier eight, and especially if you get if you're the top tier. Like like, imagine if you get this thing in a tier six battle uh, with no radar. You know, I, I was going to say that, you know, I, I don't think smoke is as viable as it once was. However, I think when they start introducing subs into the game, I think it's going to once again become very viable, especially for DDs trying to remain cloaked. I mean, for me, you know, the, uh, the I, I always say Swedish, but the European destroyers that are out now, I can just shoot all over the map do whatever i want to do and as long as i maintain the distance that i need from everything and i can easily locate everything on on the map once in a while there'll be one that'll pop out from the from behind the island but if your awareness is go is really good you can see what's going on around you and you can know whereabouts you need to be to stay undetected you're not going to notice that when there's a sub right underneath you and you, you just happen to, to to find him and now suddenly you're lit up and uh, smoke would be super helpful, I would think, at that point. But if he's right underneath you, then he's going to be spotting you, smoke or not. Well, right, but as, as he starts closing in, say, what, six, uh, a lot of them are six and seven uh, detectability range. And if he gets into the that, subs? you know. No, 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 D DDs. Oh, the, oh, oh, I see. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if he breaks that six or seven and he's still undetected until he hits four, you know, he could theoretically follow you around and tell you outrun him, but I mean, you know, that's just something I threw out there, you know. 
Yeah. So the trade smoke generator is a for a tier eight cruiser is going to be it has no radar it does have the hydroacoustic with a ship detection range of five kilometers um but that's what you're going to be sacrificing is the radar for the smoke generator but me i'm i'm looking forward to seeing this thing come out i'll i'll give up the radar for a little bit of concealment in the smoke and and it's i think it's going to be a real fun um ship to to drive around it'll be interesting that's for sure as I say, currently right now it's got a what a thirty-three knot speed and turning radius of eight hundred meters. So probably similar to Baltimore and Wichita. Uh, rudder shift is eleven point two, surface is thirteen point six. So seems pretty yeah, U.S. cruiser standard. So um, yeah, uh, some good stuff coming down the pipe on the horizon. Of course, we know that nine point five. I don't know about you guys, but my game's already. Uh, pre-patch for it and uh, with the and speaking of which uh, for our listeners out there don't forget if you haven't done so already get you get your moskva get it in your port get your uh, what is the the the, the cure off for the key yep. of your tier yes. get, yeah get that in your port it's going to be a free premium you know when they convert everything over um and um and that's coming up real soon in 9.5. So that that's it right now as far as the dev blog. And I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. But for the sake of time, I will save that for the next uh, episode. Well, we have all kinds of stuff to talk about. But I wanted to hit up KJ and, and see what he's got for us today as, as well before we uh, punch out. And kind of wrap this up in a nice little bow. Well, I was just, uh, just general questions is what I was going to throw out for everybody is like, you know, you know, what's your favorite tier? You know, what's your favorite tier to play? Why? And, you know, does the tier actually dictate your gameplay? I mean, do you concentrate or, or try harder at the higher tiers than you do the lower or mid tiers? I mean, you know, how serious are you? You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that and jump in there. And I, I'm going to say right off, right off the bat, tier eight in my Otago. It's an old tried and true. It's great if you get into a tier eight match. If I, or I'm sorry, a tier ten. If I get up tiered, shoot it at tier ten ships. You make a lot of credits with it. If if I'm top tier, it's a great boat to to dominate. Um, definitely tier eight Otago. That's my go to. My favorite tier to play. It's gonna have to be. See, it's a toss-up between 9 and 10. So I enjoy playing Tier 10 more, but I make a hell of a lot more money at Tier 9 with all the Tier 9 premiums. I still have to say that my go-to, like if I'm just coming into the game for one match, the first ship I go to is the Musashi. Right. Basically, Sometimes sometimes the Des Moines. Usually the Musashi, though. I think it's my favorite ship. Do you have the Missouri? Why not the Missouri if you have it? I don't have the Missouri. That's that's why. Oh. <laughs> if I had the Missouri, that would be the answer. Oh yeah, Cyber. Yeah, geez. For me, you know, I don't. I'm going to be one of those guys that uh, in every game I've ever played, be it World of Warcraft or any online game where you've got multiple options. I'm I'm kind of an altaholic. I can't ever mm-hmm. decide what what tier. And, and in this case, I'm not going to say I have a favorite tier. Uh, I don't usually play a lot of stuff below four. Um, not even four itself. I, I predominantly play five through ten. I don't care for the tens as much. Uh, you know, if, if I had to pick a favorite tier, and it sounds like you kind of want me to, so <laughs> I, I, I will. I will say, 
you know, my go-to ship. I, I do like the Otago at eight. I've got that. I enjoy the heck out of that. Uh, however, my I, go-to, if you guys, if, what's that? I, I think I know what you're going to pick, but go uh, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Take your guess. I, I, you guys have seen me play it. I mean, we're in the clan, so I mean, you, you guys know what my go-to ship is. Take a shot. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there just because I've division with you, and I know how much you love to play it. The, the Tier 9 Brindisi all the way. That's my pick for you. I was going to guess either the Brindisi, the Jean Bart, or the Moskva. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say for uh, if I'm out there to grind credits, uh, the uh, Jean Bart is by far uh, my go-to. I do the Otago as well, only because it's premium down at eight. But yeah, if I'm if I'm doing tier nines all night, I'm rotating between the Brindisi and the Jean Bart. I love the Italian cruisers. Somehow that kind of gameplay, that style, works for me. It's kind of right in my wheelhouse. I kind of stumbled across it, but I'm really liking it so far. And uh, like you know, I got into the uh, Japanese cruisers recently, and I'm finding as I'm climbing the trees with those they play very similar as well. At least a good portion of them do. So uh, I'm kind of liking the Bernice. Yeah, I would have to say that one's probably my favorite, but not the big money maker. Right. And yourself, KJ? Well, typically, uh, when I first get in the game, before I hop on with you guys, I'm usually running around Tier 5 in one of my kamikazes or one of the triplets, either the kamikaze, kamikaze R, or the Fujin. Uh just enjoy the heck out of it. It's a fun little boat, just skirting around, doing whatever. Um, Overpowered as hell. Uh, yeah, it can be at times. Um, but you know, once you get when you get up tier to tier seven, it kind of it humbles you pretty quickly because you have more things to deal with. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, tier sevens and tier eights. Uh, tier sevens, I love the Atlanta. I know it's a glass cannon, um, but it is a lot of fun. Uh, so you know, much I, fun to play. Uh, I, the one thing I hate, which everybody hates about it, is you, you launch your shots and, and you have to wait for it to come from Mars before it lands. And Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and I have an Atlanta in my port, and if I could give it to one of you guys, I would. I hate launching my, my shells up in across around the moon and down back. I, I got to wait so long for him to land. I mean, I, I've stopped really playing my Montana for the same reason. You launch that spotter plane, and I can hit somebody across the map. That's great, but you know, that's not as much fun as running a, a Russian ship that fires a nice level shot and just destroys uh, uh, broadsides. You know? Right. Right. Well, I, that's the that's the whole trick about it is is you have to adjust for that lead so much. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't like hiding behind islands and launching, although I'm learning to have to do that because I started playing destroyers again. I swore them off for a while, but tonight I figured, what the hell, I'll jump back in again and, and play them a little bit. And I, I was having some fun in the uh, in the Nevni there at uh, Tier 6 Russian. So you guys are going right. to have to teach me how to play them, though, because I'm, I'm a good BB driver. I, I know what I'm doing with those. I can play a couple of cruisers pretty well. I'm fairly confident in a carrier. DDs, man. <laughs> I, I need help. <laughs> well, again, it just depends on which, which ones you're looking at. I mean, that dictates the way you're going to play it. Of course, with the Japanese line, majority of those, you're going to be sneaking around. It, the Russian or the Americans, you know that they're going to be more gunships, so you can't, you know, you're going to be more outrange on those. So you just kind of have to pick your poison. <laughs> 
Well, I'll learn both, and then I'll choose from there, probably. That'll be the best right way to go. In the meantime, he'll be slinging baguettes out of his Jean bar as he's... Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't use... A, 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 good, a good tip for anybody that's out there and wants to start fires, Jean Bart, as well as just about every other French battleship, uh, beyond, I think, Tier 6... They are amazing, amazing fire starters. So much to the point, I think I've got a 42% fire chance on the Jean Bart. And with the reload booster, and I got a couple of couple of ships coming at me, I can touch them all with fire and get them burning, watch them pop that, that uh, repair party, and then hit them again and start them on fire. And I, my, my numbers just go through the roof. I hardly ever use AP unless somebody stupid goes in front of me and gives me a really beautiful shot. <laughs> all right cool um, good questions man the other question is I mean, it's, it's still dealing with dds and i know sock will have an opinion on on this but do you think or feel that the rocket strikes on on dds are too powerful or just right or what <laughs> that's a loaded question i mean as a dd player i can tell you that it's i mean i've been wiped out and with with three hits before just rocket so, strikes okay, so i'll chime in i i i'm just recently coming in i'm usually a cruiser bb driver and i thought i could be mistaken but i thought that they put in that feature where if you're fishtailing and waggling your your ass end and you're actively maneuvering that the rockets would be less accurate but i i don't see any difference and so to answer your question i think they're just as devastating now as they were when they first came out i don't uh I know it's a loaded question, Sock, so that's why I threw it out there. <laughs> See, I want to, uh, I want to answer this question, but I also don't want to get crucified. No, no, go ahead, fire it up. Um, I don't think the strikes do too much damage, but I don't think that there's enough that destroyers can do to prevent it. Fair enough. I think, yeah, that's the answer to that question from me. From me, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah, it, I, it, I, it, I agree with that. As a DD driver, when I do uh, get into a DD and, and I see a carrier out there, I'm already thinking to myself, I need to stick next to the cruisers and battleships and I can't get too far out by myself. Because the minute I do, if that carrier happens to spot me, I'm toast very quick. He's going to focus me down because I ain't going to be able to stop him. I mean, I'm toggling between the P button and disabling my AA so I can try to stay stay uh, uh invisible i might have to pop smoke if i have it um and i know if if i give him that chance he's going to pound me and usually all it takes is him to spot me and i see him making a big turn and here he comes and oh great and by then everybody else is launching everything at me and i've got to be dodging and ducking and diving and all kinds of stuff but as a cv player that's what I look for. I look for the DDs that are out by themselves because I've learned if I fly over an area and I find the DD, but he happens to have a cruiser only four or five K from him, or uh, God forbid, an American cruiser, uh, any, any battleships, anything like that. If there's a number of ships near him, I won't even go anywhere near it because there's there's really no hope. I'm, I might get a shot off at him. I might hit him, but I'm going to lose all of my planes in the process. Right. Right. Well, like I said, just, just wonder. Yeah, I think safety in numbers is the key for the DD when you're in. I, I think that's it with the with the carriers. Yeah, you get go. Yeah. Know. 
Well, I mean, but it does make it difficult when you're playing as a DD that way of staying with the carriers when your job is to get out and spot and cap. Right. So that's where that balance comes in is how far do you get away from your air support? Well, and that's another thing, too, with the DDs. I would argue that not every DD's job is to cap. Sure, you've got the, the Pan-Asians, the Japanese, but if you're in a, a Russian uh, DD, your primary job is to sit and hide and wait for a cruiser to come broadside. I, I've had a lot of fun tonight in the Nevni at Tier 6 with nothing but AP loaded waiting for car uh, cruisers to come by. And I was I, I got seven Citadels in, in one game with the Nevni just because I was penetrating the cruisers Every time they went broadside, I was I was smacking the living daylights out of them. I was loving every minute of it. It was great, but I had to hit smoke right away and then then start launching because I was going to give my, my... I couldn't hit them with torps, you know, so I had to hit them with, with AP. And those gunships are something, but they're definitely not out on their own cappers in most no, circumstances. Not. Right, they're not. They're, well, a lot of them are that way, especially if you don't have any smoke, which would be like, um, well... Is it the French line? The uh, uh, Europeans did yeah, last month. Yeah, Europeans. Yeah. yeah. Do the yeah. French? Yeah, the French have super speed. Do they have smoke? Uh, I could be wrong about this, but it might be optional. I don't know. Oh, I've never played okay. them. Yeah, I haven't either. Maybe I should fire up one of them, one of these ties too. Maybe that's what I'm missing. I don't like DDs. Maybe I'll try a French one, and I'll love it. They uh, only get smoke situational when they're running away from everything that's when the smoke comes out uh, I'm, I'm kidding well, that, that's destroyed. that's what they're supposed to be doing right <laughs> yeah it's only <laughs> you're running away from everything that's what that's when the uh, consumable comes active no i'm i'm kidding around <laughs> i was gonna add on to your kidding there and say as they as they turn tail and run they drop the french flag and raise the white flag as they're high tailing out of there <laughs> that's a consumable i think White yeah. flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, sorry. We're flag. sorry. Didn't mean to shoot at you. The French. I, I was going to say the French. From what I can see right now, uh, the Eagle is the only one that has smoke. Everybody else does not. Yeah, and that's a premium that yeah. was out way before the uh, the rest of the the tech tree, right? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. The the Scirocco doesn't. The Terrible doesn't. But it looks like all the rest of them do not have smoke either. They just have that, um, was it armament reload? Well, the advantage with the European, I know since I've gone up that line, is they have just, I mean, their AA suite is just nasty. I mean, you're shooting down all kinds of planes Absolutely. all over the place. Yeah, they are. They are pretty nice. And for, I do like them, I, they've got really strong guns. Uh, pretty quick reload with them. They maneuver pretty quick. They've got some pretty decent speed. I mean, not French speed, but they do have some serious speed. And uh, I find that, you know what, maybe it's a good for, for new players that haven't learned the whole concept of when to smoke up, when not to. Just, just get into a European uh, DD and get out there and just pay closer attention to your detection range and just keep keep distance you can easily stealth torp with those things i mean most of them have what 10k torps and they have a, a six five. what's it 13.5 okay yeah so i mean yeah at what six and up they're 13.5 i don't remember what the five was but i mean they're long distance too 
And if your detection, most of them are, are six and sevens. I mean, man, you can get in close and, and really launch and not become detected. And and the higher tier they go, the faster the torps. I mean, you there's, what is it, at 10, they get up to 91 without any additional bumps from the captain or, or flags? It's 86, I believe. And then it, I think yeah. 91 is with all the boots. Okay, the boot. yeah, but that's just insane. I mean, that's that's three times the speed of most ships. Cruise missiles. I'm telling you, cruise missiles. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your cruise missiles. <laughs> well, you, a fun little anecdote about that. You know that with uh, the boosted speed on the torpedoes, the Holland's torpedoes are faster than some of the Langley's planes. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. It's cool, though. I mean, it's it, it's something different. It, it's And they've got their heel, too, which, which is helpful. I mean, for a guy like me that makes a mistake and gets pummeled, you know, I can beat feet right out of there and uh, hit that heel button and recover some of it while I'm losing detection, you know? Almost have to play it like a cruiser. Yeah, play it like the Merdizi. Maybe that's why I've had so much success in them. <laughs> I don't know. I seem to I seem to be able to to uh, fire a couple of shots and get the heck out of there. And maybe maybe the French and the Italian cruisers and maybe these European DDs is my cup of tea. With one exception, the Jean Bart. I roll up in there and I I park and I wait for him to come to me and I just back up to keep distance and I just burn him down. <laughs> All right. Well, anybody got any any last uh, last words, last thoughts? So uh, yeah, I'll just throw my last two bits in there, and then uh, I'll I'll fade off into the woodwork. Um, next episode. So I've got enough steel. I've ha I've been saving up my steel, and I have enough steel to get to Stalingrad. So the question I'm going to throw out there to our listeners: If we have a way to give feedback. Um, Stalingrad, should I pick it up or should I wait to see if something else hits the steel shop? So I'll throw that out there if anybody wants to chime in. And Why give are you even asking that question? Just get the Stalingrad. <laughs> I, I want to I hear from our, our listeners out there. I want to I want to see what their feedback is. My my biggest fear is that I'm going to spend all this steel and then in the next week, in the next patch, like three brand new ships are going to hit um, that are going to make the Stalingrad obsolete. So that's my biggest fear right now. Well, well, didn't didn't they mention that they're going to be dropping in in the Craig's Marine stuff? They're they're going to be putting up two German ships, one cruiser, one battleship. I thought. Yo, I don't know. I there's a new I seen that. There's a new cruiser coming, the Munchen, or Munchen. Yeah, and and I could have sworn there was. Uh, we were talking about it. Was it the the Otto or the uh, the Otis or something like that? Uh, Odin. Odin. That's <laughs> what it was. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> a different podcast is get, re, getting into my memory banks there. Sorry. Yeah. Odin. Yeah. That's going to be in the dockyard and, and, uh, for, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll, we can hit on that next episode. I think. Perfect. Well, we do have an email, uh, for listeners out there. I'm going to put, uh, the email and uh, in the show notes, as well as our discord link, uh, uh, Three out of the four of us, Mr. Sock hasn't quite got with the program yet, but that's for another day. 
Um, three out of the four of us are part of Wolfpack Alpha, and uh, we're a growing clan, and we have a lot of fun uh, together every night. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be in the clan. You can just join our Discord server and, and div up and get to know us. It's a try-before-you-buy kind of a thing. If you have, uh, have any interest in doing that, I'll put the Discord link in the uh, show notes at the end of the show. And uh, our email address, if you want to respond and uh, tell Mando what ship to buy or, or to save his money, the email address is thefullbroadside at gmail.com. So hit us up with that. Those will all be in the show notes. Uh, any additional stuff that we've got to add in any of the shows that we do from this point forth will also be in the show notes. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this was the inaugural episode of The Full Broadside. And I'm already drinking an adult beverage, so I hope all of you are out there, and, and my co-hosts are as well. And if not, we're going to get into some divs here shortly and be doing just that, I, I hope. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, everybody, well, for listening. I, I, I really appreciate it, and uh, we, we hope to bring you this at least weekly, and, and hopefully we can we can do that uh, long term. So it's it's a good group of guys. We're hoping to, uh, to bring you a little bit of uh, something to listen to when you can't play the game. Maybe learn a little something. Maybe you disagree 100% with us. Hit us with an email, and let's let's bring it up on the show anyway everybody thanks for listening once again this has been the full broadside Music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.